0: I was thinking of you Lucas for because the only time I've been to Europe was on that trip that you were on also. I
1: it it, it I think this reminded me of that because we felt I think we felt like high schoolers we maybe did. we acted no, like we high did. schoolers.
0: When we were in college. We, we were, <laughs> everyone else is high school. Yeah. Well, especially at the like, college. Exactly. I know, I was looking through all my pictures and I was like, oh, clearly I just had never been to a city before (laughs) (laughs) and grew up in West Texas where there's no architecture of any kind.
2: Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go.
1: You guys want to hear something neat? It's
2: showtime! Your ears, spoke. Oh, here we go? See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, little. Buckle up. Let's do this.
1: Hold on to your butts. Seriously. Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy.
2: it. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the eighth Spider-Man movie in the last (laughs) 17 years, Spider-Man Far From Home. But before we get started with all that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what location would you have added to Spider-Man's study abroad trip?
1: I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago, and I would add Barcelona. I feel like that's something that everybody adds to their first trip abroad, and it's a European vacation. Barcelona is the place to go.
2: Perfect. I am Sandra Amstead. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I would have added um, going to see, like, the Parthenon and Greece and, like, the ruins. I feel like... Greek, the Greek myths, that's very educational. Definitely. And this week, we have a very special guest on the podcast. Linda, tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Hi. Uh, My name is Linda. I live in Nashville, um, and I work for two different nonprofits that both work with people experiencing homelessness, and I do uh, communications and graphic design for them, and... Uh, is that enough information about me? Yes,
2: it is. What location
0: would you have added to Spider-Man's study abroad trip? I think they should have gone to the catacombs in, I think, Paris, but with all the bones (laughs) underneath. I think, because I would want to see it, and also, it seems like something MJ would have been into.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh, for
1: sure. Definitely.
2: Um, well, before we get into what we're feeling this week, I want to talk about why Linda is here with us today. Linda and I are dear friends, and if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you might remember one of the countless times I've mentioned her. (laughs) Linda and I are excited to announce that she and I are starting a podcast together called Crush City. Linda, what is our new podcast going to be about?
0: Crush City is a go-to one-stop, location stop, to find out about your crushes. We will talk about our own crushes, what is a crush, all the different types of crushes there are, dating,
2: dating as single women in their 30s. Dating particularly in Nashville and what it's like. Exactly. And we hope to have guests on to talk about who their crushes are. And um, we just think it's something that we talk about constantly with each other, and we wanted to start recording it. Yeah. It's loose. It's fun. It's fun. It's a good time. Our first episode is live on um, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you find your podcast. Like I said, it's called Crush City. Lucas, have you uh, given us a listen yet?
1: I have given you a listen. It is a lot about crushes. You're correct. (laughs) 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 It's the perfect name for the podcast. I liked it. (laughs) No, I'm very interested to see how deep you guys go into Crush City and figure out exactly like... Because I, I mean, as, as someone who's been in the same relationship for over 10 years, I um, am unfamiliar with how Crush City works.
0: Well, so I'm very curious anymore. to
1: see where you guys go here.
0: You still get crushes. Crushes don't have to be romantic.
2: I mean... Uh- Or if they're not, you can have crushes on, like, very distant people, like actors and, and, you know, personalities online, like, people that, you know, you just have an admiration for maybe not necessarily want to date.
1: See, these are all the things I'm going to learn on this podcast.
2: Right. We're here for you. Tune
1: in. And this is the perfect episode for you to jump in because there are a lot of crushes in this movie.
2: Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about crushes. There's going to be overlap. Yeah. But before we get to all of our Spider-Man crushes, let's (laughs) get into what we're all feeling this week. Lucas, why don't you start us off?
1: Um, I went on a road trip for the 4th of July, drove 10 hours each way, and we listened to Agatha Christie the whole time. We listened to And Then There Were None on the way there, and we listened to Cards on the Table on the way back. Um, I think that those are two of her best books. And it was so fun just getting to listen to the audiobook of it. Um, Dan Stevens, um, who's, I'm trying to think of things that he's in now that everybody's heard of. He was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Um, He's in- Downton Abbey. He's in Downton Abbey, correct. He read And Then There Were None. He is excellent to listen to on audiobook. His voice is perfect. Perfect. Is that a crush? That's a crush, right? Uh,
2: Totally. Oh, yeah.
1: Call it. Boom. Done. Um, So I would, again, both from the library, both excellent books. I love the way Agatha Christie writes mysteries. Um, They're similar to how Arthur Conan Doyle does Sherlock, but in a very... I think more particular way, more kind of a winking at the camera kind of situation. I really, really like her writing, and it's it's been a while since I've listened to her, and it was very fun to get to read those two books.
2: And Then There Were None is, I think, the only Agatha Christie I've ever read, but I remember really loving it. And I'm also particularly a fan of, like, acclaimed actors narrating audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it happened way more often. And so, Lucas, this is something I'm really ready to check out.
1: You really should.
2: Um... That's a really great pick.
0: Um, Linda, what are you feeling this week? I've been obsessed with these summer network TV game shows. I don't know if you're familiar. (laughs) They're all streaming on Hulu. One Saturday, I just went one after another and watched all of them. What are some examples? Some of the examples that are my favorite are $100,000 Pyramid. A lot of them are retro. They're, re- they're reboots.
2: They're reboots. They're old time yes. game shows. Or
0: I say summer because I found them in the summer, but <laughs> I was watching Match Game today and I was like, season four. So it's not really like a summer specific. Yeah. Uh, but so are
1: these reruns or reboots? No,
0: they're reboots. But I oh. watched them all when I was growing up when it was like the really old versions of them. So it's kind of a weird time travel to see them.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: with like celebrities I have context with. Because those two specifically have like a celebrity element. Um, there's one with a gigantic wheel. There's one that's a gigantic uh, mini pup hut course. Do you know any of the names of these shows? Oh, uh, I didn't write them down. The <laughs>
1: <laughs> just Summer Games.
0: You'll find those so if you have a Hulu account there, w- and you oh. you'll find them. But there it's just it's more of them as a whole and like there's so many right now that you can watch yeah also i think i just want to be on a game show so it's nice to pretend that it's me up there
2: i'm not (laughs) watching any of these but i do see commercials for a lot of them on abc when i watch the bachelorette so there's i see the golf the putt putt one is a big one it's kind of like uh america ninja warrior meets putt Beats oh, yeah, natural. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Um And Ridiculous. then there's that one that Elizabeth Banks does. Yes. No whammies. I saw that yes. on
1: mute, so I have no idea how that game works, Let but I saw you, that she was hosting.
2: It doesn't make any sense to me, and this is me being kind of catty, but the few <laughs> moments that we've seen from that show, like it comes on after Bachelorette, Elizabeth Banks' makeup is very. I was going to say
1: the same it's thing. I don't know like what is going on with her she, makeup in that show.
2: Either she or the show hired a very bad makeup artists that didn't know what makeup looks like on TV. Yeah, I wasn't it
1: positive it mess. was her at first because yes, she yes. looks ridiculous.
2: Right, because she's a very beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, she's wearing like crazy purple eyeshadow with like a nude lip that like erases her face. It's not good. Yeah. Press your luck. That's what it's called. That's exactly right. <laughs> What's yeah. it called? Press
0: your luck.
1: Press your luck. It there we go. should be
0: called no whammies. That's what everyone, <laughs> that's what I know it as. But is. it didn't start as no whammies. Right. I, rebranding is what I, is my oh, suggestion. Okay. Um, the one that I have <laughs> checked out that I guess isn't
2: really, it is summer, I guess is celebrity family feud. Oh, um, also good with Steve Harvey as a host. Um, family feud is just like a perfect game show format and you can play along at home. Mm-hmm. It's like fun to yell at the TV. Um, it's not as nerdy as like wheel of fortune or like jeopardy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, watching it with celebs, watching them, like, get things answer, give dumb give dumb answers is really fun. Yes. Yeah. Nobody cares on Celebrity Family Feud, and it's kind of refreshing to right. watch. Right,
1: right. Yeah, it's great.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that pick, Linda. <laughs> My pick for what I'm feeling this week is a book called Evie Drake Starts Over. It's written by um, Pop Culture Happy Hour and NPR host Linda Holmes. It's, I believe, her first novel, and it's hit the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Jenna Hager Bush um, is like, using it as her book club, so it's a really popular book at the moment. And I was really lucky that I put a hold for this book on, at my local library a long time ago, before kind of like the rush came into it. So I got a copy of it on Kindle and read it over the 4th of July weekend, and I really liked it. Um, for anyone who knows the kinds of books that I typically... try try to read. I read a lot of mem- memoirs or like really um, bubbly romance novels. And this, while it does have some romance in it, is definitely not a bubbly romance novel. Uh, the book starts off at the very beginning with our main character, Evie Drake, packing up her car because she's a- going to finally leave her husband. And she's gearing herself up for this big moment And as she's doing so, she gets a call that her husband has died in a car accident. And the rest of the book is her kind of dealing with her family, friends, maybe a new handsome stranger that moves into town, and dealing with her own grief and lack of grief. And um, kind of going through her own emotions of, like, what it was to be in that marriage. And I thought it was really beautiful and understated and... um, like healthy and wholesome in a, in a way that I really loved. So I'm, I highly recommend it.
1: I think you talked about this earlier in a different episode, but following an author as they're writing a book, yeah. I think is very interesting and very, mm. I think, fun. And then to see that happen um, and come out, I, you just now have told me more about this book than I knew before. Um, and I was been following Linda Holmes for <laughs> years. Right. Um, it's just something that has been kind of, I've watched the process, but know nothing about it. Um I have it on hold at the library. It is something that will eventually come to me and I'm very excited about reading it and I'm glad you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. I think you'll really like it, Lucas. It's 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 introspective in all the right ways. Good. Yeah. Um okay, before we talk about Spider-Man, we like to do a little segment that we call In or Out where we review some of the trailers that have recently come out and we try to as quickly as possible decide whether we are in or out on seeing that movie. What's it gonna be? Listen carefully, are
1: you in? Oh.
2: So the first trailer that we're going to start with is the brand new reboot of Charlie's Angels.
1: Speaking of Elizabeth Banks.
2: (laughs) Speaking of Elizabeth Banks, I believe it's produced by her as well. And directed. And, oh, it's directed by her as well. Yes. Yes. And starring her as well. But the three Charlie's Angels are Naomi Scott, Kristen Stewart, and Ella Balinska. Balinska, I think is her name. Um. It also has people like Noah Centineo and Patrick Stewart and a bunch of other people. So, Lucas, how are you feeling about it? Are you in or out?
1: I'm out. I This does not look good at all. There are parts of it that I'm very interested in, and I'm sure someday I will watch it when it comes out on Netflix. Um, but it looks very bad. The one thing I will say is I'm very interested in whatever Elizabeth Banks is doing in this movie. She seems to be having a blast. Also... Kristen Stewart, um, I think, gets more attractive the more butch she goes. Yeah. And this is getting there. We're yeah. getting there.
0: Linda, what about you? In or out? I could not be more in. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I wrote case to heart. I put some notes down. Great. Um,
1: this is what you took notes on, not not the game show names, but Charlie's Angels.
0: Listen, put Kristen Stewart on a game show, and I'll be taking notes all day. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, music was popping in the trailer. Yeah, this
2: has a, has a song that's a combo of Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, and Lana Del Rey.
0: Yeah, so I'm in. Fashion looked fun. I I think it's a perfect summer flick. I'll be there.
2: Um, I watched this trailer, and I, I think I'm pretty much out on it. This movie looks very bad. It does. Um, <laughs> however, the one thing that like draws me to it is... Kristen Stewart looks like she's having more fun than she's ever had in her entire life. Yes. Like she yeah. seems so happy to be there. And I live for Kristen Stewart's happiness. So that makes me want to see it. I also love that she's playing of the three angels, there's like the muscle, there's the 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 computer hacky girl, and then Kristen Stewart is like the 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 con artist, like can play all these different mm-hmm. characters, right? And so I like the idea of her in that role. But what makes me laugh even more is that her character's name is Sabina. And (laughs) if any of y'all are familiar with the SNL sketch she did, the Tostitos Hungry Hungry Boys SNL sketch, have you seen this, Lucas?
1: Uh, I don't think I have.
2: She knows I haven't seen it. There's a great SNL sketch um, where, um, what's the girl's name? Vanessa Mm Bayer. It's like a parody of a Tostitos commercial where <laughs> Vanessa Bayer is like
1: this is already funny <laughs> A
2: wife and she's like making tostinos for her hungry guys and she's like I have totino oh it's not to- like I have totinos and and they're like oh watch the game she's like oh my hungry boys and in this version um one of the hungry boys that came over to watch the game brought his sister and it's Kristen Stewart and she like seduces oh, Vanessa Bayer I and- have
1: seen this one it's yes a- it's
2: amazingly funny yes but Kristen Stewart's character's name and that SNL sketch is Sabine because that is a comically like seductive name, and I love that her name in Charlie's Angels is Sabina, and uh, that just makes me giggle. <laughs> so I'm out on this, but it might be something like what? When is it coming out? Do we know the date? Um, I have no idea. November fifteenth. I don't know. Maybe if there's nothing else that weekend, <laughs> I might go see it.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That 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 did not take a lot to get you there. <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, I'll go, go to the movies. <laughs> <else> <laughs> okay. If there's nothing else that we can. Okay. If Linda really wants to go, she'll drag okay. me I have the passion. The yeah. You'll go along. Okay. Next trailer that we want to talk about is for a movie called The Good Liar. It stars Helen Mirren, Ian McKellen, and Russell Tovey.
0: Um, Linda. Are you in or out on the Good Liar? I think that ultimately I'm out, but I would read a Wikipedia page about the plot of the movie. Great. Um,
2: it it for anyone who hasn't seen this trailer, uh, it seems to be about Ian McKellen playing like a very old school con artist trying to con Helen Mirren's character out of a lot of money. Um, it's kind of just like the basic plot. Lucas, what about you? Are you in or out?
1: I'm in, hundred percent. Always in for a good con movie, always yeah. in for Ian McKellen, always in for Helen Mirren.
2: I'm so in on this movie. Mm. I love con artist movies so much. And I think old people being con artists, I think, is, like, another level of, like, I'm so interested.
1: Totally um, agree.
2: Plus, I re- I mean, Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren, of course, I adore. They're amazing. But I love Russell Tovey. And having Russell Tovey as, like, the supporting character in this is really really gonna get me into the theater um plus i just think that this movie is gonna be like have a lot of twists that i don't see coming i would agree Agreed. with that part which is why I agree, the <laughs> I absolutely I there will be so them.
1: many twists yeah and this movie will make zero amounts of money
2: yeah most likely <laughs> okay let's talk about a movie that's probably gonna make tons of money the next trailer that we've seen recently is for disney's Reboot of Mulan. Live action reboot of Mulan. Now, unlike The Lion King, this is an actual live action movie with real people and not animated characters. Uh, Lucas, are you in or out on Mulan?
1: I am way more in than I ever thought I would be on Mulan. Um, This is Disney's first live action remake that doesn't seem to be following step by step. The, I want to say original, but they're not original. It's because it's based on a you know, Chinese fairy tale or whatever. Um, It it looks original. It looks like it's doing something different. It looks very interesting, and it's the first time we have a female director directing one of these things. So I'm 100% in.
0: Linda, what about you? I could not be more in. It looked fantastic. I felt inspired, empowered watching this trailer. I was like, I have to see the whole thing. Great. I will say I am excited about the fact that it has a
2: female director. Um, I can't say whether I'm in or out yet. This trailer wow. didn't do much to, like, get me excited. But I don't think it looks bad either by any means. It was just one of those things where I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, okay. I mean, that's Mulan. Um, I think I'm a little bit more bummed because she has such long hair throughout the trailer. And I, <laughs> I see- thought the
1: same thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I want to
0: see, like, her look more like a dude. Um, yeah. This is how they get you in. Right. Those are the scenes from the end. Uh, you know, it'll be more dramatic when they cut the hair and you see it for the first time. Well, I'm
2: I'm hoping that that does actually become a part of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I'm interested to learn more. Okay, final um, trailer that we want to discuss. This is Lucas and I's most anticipated movie of 2019.
1: So you already know we're in. (laughs) We're
2: already in. It's the trailer for Knives Out, um, Ryan Johnson's latest film, starring so many famous people, I can't even list them all. Um, Let's start with you, Linda, because Lucas and I already know that we're very much in on this movie.
0: Oh, I'm I'm absolutely for sure with both of you. All right. Um, This is our first
1: consensus.
0: Yes, finally. Uh, All-star cast. Chris Evans has the heart and my notes on this one. Yeah. I just... He just looks perfect, like perfectly animated. There's just a lot of sass happening in this trailer that I feel Mm -hmm. really good about. The visuals are stunning. I love the look of it. I mean, it's going to be fun. I loved how over
2: the top the trailer was. I love the shots of, like, uh, objects flying through the air and, like, knives kind of being pointed and, and flames. And there's a shot of, like, people driving in a car, like, looking at something that whizzes by them. It's all very, like, frenetic. Um, my standout in the trailer is Toni Collette though like talk mm. about sass I love everything that she's doing in this trailer
0: and those pants yeah. she's wearing
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Rain Johnson makes over the top movies. Like, all of them are just the weirdest of whatever genre that is. And that includes his latest Star Wars movie. Um, and I love it. It's so great. And I think this, for a murder mystery movie, starring Daniel Craig with his um, ridiculous Southern accent that he's started doing now in yeah. movies. Um, he he doesn't it it. those
2: old Logan Lucky notes. Exactly. Like, yeah. Bring it back yeah. The yeah. Southern accent.
1: Rain Johnson saw Logan Lucky and was like, yes, that is exactly what I want, but for yeah. a very suave detective. Right. Oh, man. It's going (laughs) to be great. I can't wait.
2: Let's talk Spider-Man. Universe film. Um, I typically... We typically ask about what people's histories are with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What is your history with the Spider-Man franchise? Um, You probably know how Lucas and I feel about these movies, because we've talked about them plenty on this podcast. But you don't know Linda's particular history with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Linda, tell us about your relationship with the MCU.
1: Here we go.
0: So, I would say... My most important MCU relationship is the one I have with Thor and the Thor franchise, which I could talk about for many podcasts worth. Um, Mostly, I just think Thor is hot and funny.
1: Would you call that like a medium crush or like where would you rank that?
0: I would say it's my top like media crush.
1: Top crush. Okay.
2: Number one crush. Number one crush. He's the person that she has on the cover of her binder in a picture in her locker.
0: Yeah. In my locket. (laughs) <laughs> in Please. a locket there
2: for me um, got it so linda and i would go see a lot of marvel movies together but for a long time she would only go see a marvel movie that had thor in it so the thor films or the avengers film still my pretty limiting it, it is limiting i don't feel I don't, that way honestly <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing there was one day when i was able to crack her and that was when spider-man homecoming came out that was the first film that That's I got true. Linda to go see that didn't have Thor in That's it. It's really true, isn't it? It is. So Spider-Man is your exception to the rule. Yeah. It helps wow. that Tom Holland is in it and ugh. Yeah, Tom Holland is, is definitely on the crush list. Definitely. Like
1: medium list. crush?
0: Small. Medium crush, crush because he's younger. Because he's a medium sized person. But I love a short guy. Linda <laughs> I, loves I really a short do. Guy. And I love a British guy. Yeah. I love a cute face uh, ugh. yeah, so um, so
2: Linda has seen Spider-Man homecoming and now Spider-Man Far from home. Yes. Um, now that we know we're caught up into your your history, your relationships, Linda,
0: how did you feel about Spider-Man Far from home?, um, I loved it. I thought it was exactly what I wanted in a summer movie. It had you know, a, a bit of a romantic element. It has a, a drama action moments. There were twists and turns I personally didn't expect. I had a great time with it. And I think they just do such a good job on this, the franchise of making him be a teen. Yeah. And making it feel like they are in high school. And I really appreciate that.
1: I do think that's something that's very different than all the other Spider-Mans that have come before, Um, except for Into the Spider-Verse, where he's animated, which is different. Um, But living in this world and having them like knowing that like, yes, these are children. Like these are absolutely children. Even though the actors are in their twenties, these feel like the most, most childish, I guess childish sounds, uh, I guess demeaning, but the most childish characters that we've seen one in the MCU and then two in any Spider-Man movie before it. And I think it's so fun. Like this feels like a YA film. Like it really Mm, does mm -hmm. because of these characters, which is really fun
2: absolutely um so lucas i'm assuming how did you feel about spider-man far from home
1: i really liked it i had a lot of fun with it i think there are it's weird uh to have this movie follow Endgame um because it is like the ultimate ending of this thing and then we have this little epilogue of spider-man but i think it worked really well i think for me it was more like the anticipation of it of being like we finished the you know the marvel cinematic universe and then we end up with a Spider-Man movie. But going into it and like the themes that it pulls from and everything like that feels like a good epilogue for this. I really, I really enjoyed it. How'd you feel about it?
2: I also had a blast. Um like you both said, I what I love about these Spider-Man movies is how realistic the teens feel as teenagers. Um how they capture what it's like to be in high school specifically. Um I think the humor is always top notch and the actors the supporting cast I always have a blast with. And I think Tom Holland is one of the most charismatic, like, heroes in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing I will say about this movie is, if you're going to compare, like, movies to food, I think... After end game, they had an opportunity. They could have either made like like a real they could have made like a real meal out of this movie, and I think instead they chose to make kind of like a dessert. They made something that was like sweet and fun and frothy, and that's great. I love dessert. I love those kind of movies. But There were some opportunities that I think that they missed to go a little bit deeper and a little bit more substantial with like the storytelling here Mm -hmm. um, that I know I would have liked to see, but I also don't think that it's a bad thing that they made like a fun summer movie. So um, what are some, are there any specific things we want to talk about before spoilers that um, we want to praise or critique?
1: Yes. A hundred percent Jake Gyllenhaal. I think Jake Gyllenhaal needs to be praised forever um <laughs> and not not just with this movie i just think people need to recognize him in general Absolutely. um but in this movie specifically i think he's doing so many fun things i think this is uh, very interesting i'll have tons of stuff to say in spoilers just about like his performance and stuff like that but i just think he is having a blast doing this and he doesn't do a lot of big franchise movies so to see him do something like this is really cool and see him you know mix in with uh with uh, Nick Fury and Spider-Man like is great yeah. um I think something that's super interesting is we've gotten to the point to where like when in the first Thor movie um Linda you can you I can know, back I'm me listening. up because you'll know more um <laughs> in the first Thor movie they go into great detail about like what his powers are and how he is who he is and like you got to really set it up to like hey here's this Asgardian he's a god like that's a whole thing I know this doesn't make sense but we're gonna go with it like there's a lot of prep to get us to that point
2: especially because he's the first like superhero not from earth
1: exactly exactly and now we're to the point to where Jake Gyllenhaal can just show up and be like I got powers. I'm from a different earth. It's fine. And we don't explain any of it. It's just, you just jump into it. Like, they've trained us to get to this point to where, like, we're fine with that. We don't need an explanation right off the bat as to what's going on. And I think that's great. I think, like, they've taken their time to get to this point. And if they'd started here, it would have been ridiculous. But we've kind of, uh, it's kind of like boiling the frog. Like, we're fine with this now.
2: It's so interesting to see Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie after him doing like indie after indie for so many years. Um, One of my favorite jokes that I saw on Twitter was from Hunter Harris about how um, Jake Gyllenhaal recently deleted his created an Instagram and then deleted it pretty soon. Um, He recently deleted it. And when it was somewhat made news that he deleted his Instagram, Hunter Harris said, oh, it looks like the MCU check cleared. Like, <laughs> as soon as he, he was done promoting this movie, he was like, yep. done with the, all of this mainstream <laughs> nonsense. Uh, it's fun to see him in a movie like this and bringing as much like weirdness as he can to it. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with him and his character, and I and the chemistry between him and Tom Holland I thought was really beautifully done. Me
0: too. Their press has been really
2: cute too. Uh, yeah, talking about crushes, Ugh. man. <laughs> yeah. Prime material for Crush City. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I will
1: say, after Endgame, this is fun to see a movie with um, only a few superheroes. <laughs> like yeah. only a few, like actual, even just characters. Um, there aren't that many characters in this movie, which is awesome. Um, but i like going into this knowing that like nick fury and maria hill maria hill that's yeah. her name yep yeah shows how much of a character she is um maria hill we're going to be in this movie i was like all right finally maria gets to do some stuff in a movie um and i won't go into spoilers but uh, she doesn't do a lot in this movie no, so she, she sure barely has doesn't. any lines she just kind of does what she does in all the other avengers movies so but i was looking forward to it but uh, it's it. I I still liked it.
2: Well, and something else that's like different from this movie is, I feel like so many MCU movies you have like your main superhero, your main villain, and maybe like a couple of supporting characters. I feel mm-hmm. like in this movie there's so many supporting characters that are so fun to watch. You know, you have all of his classmates and his teachers, and you have Aunt May and Happy and like there's a lot of people in this movie that like all have you know um funny bits and moments and um i really liked how much of an ensemble it felt like
1: i think that's true i think i'm used to like it just being around powered people who are kind of the characters and and so i view the non-powered people as i don't know why i'm calling them non-powered people viewing the normals as like uh just you know side characters but they are actual characters in this movie and i think What's fun about Peter Parker is he's, like, the only person with a lot of normals around him. Right. So that's – it's fun to see him interact with them.
2: And and not just normals in that they're not superheroes, but, like, they're just everyday people – um, versus like Pepper Potts who is like an executive of Stark Industries.
0: Well, right? yeah, they don't even yeah. know that he's Spider-Man. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, he's also the only one with a with an identity Spirit or a hidden identity. identity. Yeah. Out of all of the Marvel heroes, he's the only one. Right. So, that's interesting. yeah, it makes it more interesting, I think.
2: Yeah. Um Tom Holland continues to be like really great in these movies, but I love seeing Zendaya get to do a lot more in this movie than she did in the first one. Oh, know? yeah. Um, she, I think, is just, like, turning in such a great, unique performance as MJ. I love everything that they've set up with her character, her character's personality, and, like... The dynamic that she has with Peter Parker, I feel like it's very different from your typical teenage romance, and yet it feels very real and special and relevant and, in a way that I love.
1: I feel like all the kids here feel like children because they're awkward. Like I think that's yeah. the thing that keeps coming back to me. It, like it felt like eighth grade in the fact that like all of these kids are weird and have insecurities and issues, and it's. I feel like I feel like you get the mix of movies where it's like a high school movie and yet all the actors are in their 20s and yet they're all like super confident and buff and right. everything. And like this is, the, these kids feel like they're in high school. They feel so awkward. Everything they do is uncomfortable and it's, it's perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was transported back to high school in several scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll bet. Um, what would you guys feel about the teachers?
2: Um, I, I adore Martin Starr. And so like I like Martin Starr and everything I've ever seen him in. And this continued in this film.
0: A perfect role for him, I think I said that as soon as it ended. And was the
2: other teacher was G, uh, Mr. Dell played by JB Smoove? Was he in the first film?
1: That's what I was trying to remember. I don't remember him in the first film, but he's definitely an actor who could have been in the first film because yeah. there were a lot of like. I remember somewhat like, famous like teachers Hannibal that we're in, in, in for like what film. yeah yeah just for like a couple scenes it's really weird yeah. but I, I love it because you can then come back and like pull them in for others other things
2: well and he and martin Starr were a great like duo of like nervous energy versus like paranoid energy and and eagerness and and they were they were fun to ba- bounce off each other
0: okay
1: interesting he's not in imdb he's not listed in it but he's in a short uh, as Peter Parker, he's the driving instructor in a, with a uh, Tom Holland, oh. which is very interesting. Yeah. But he plays Mr. Bell, so. It makes
2: you wonder if that was maybe like a deleted scene.
1: Yeah. It seems like something was cut cut from the first one.
2: Yeah. Um, she doesn't have a lot to do in either movies, but I also just want to give a shout out to how much I love Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. Um, just like young, hot, cool aunt. Every outfit she wears, I am jealous of. I'm still thinking <laughs> of that striped shirt. And those like bell-bottom yes. jeans. Yeah. So I, I just love seeing her in this as well again. Agreed. All right. Should we get into spoilers?
1: Let's do it. Okay. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now. and gas.
2: Spoilers.
1: Remember, you wanted this.
2: Talk about what I was saying earlier versus like it being fun and frothy versus like maybe a little bit more substantial than I would have liked.
0: Um,
2: mm-hmm. I feel like this movie could have said a lot of, that was a little bit more critical of Tony Stark, and instead they chose to kind of just make him this like hero that the country, the nation, the world was sad that he was gone, and Peter had the special relationship with. But I would have loved if this movie kind of reckoned with the good and the bad of Tony Stark as a character. I've been saying this ever since, you know, Peter Parker kind of first came into this universe back in um, Captain America Civil War. While I loved, like, his introduction in that movie, one of my big critiques was, how is no one, like... Like aghast at the fact that Tony Stark brought this fourteen or fifteen year old into a battle, you know what I mean? O- amongst all these adults with superpowers, and how like irresponsible and and not right that was. Like that that's that's a critique of Tony Stark that I've always had, and and then this movie, I feel like there's a lot to critique Tony Stark of. In fact, all of his employees that we see like have these critiques of him, but it's played for like kind of a comical effect and not so much a seriousness, and even the whole existence of the Edith software with the drones is like, is no one mad that Tony Stark created this whole like weapon full, like collection of drones that could kill anyone in the world. Like this is the whole point of Winter Soldier was that Captain America was fighting against like a program very similar to this. It just feels like It felt like this movie had a very lighthearted tone about all of this. And that's fine, but I think they could have made a really deep and interesting film where a character like Peter Parker is grieving the death of his mentor, father figure, and hero, and then also having to reckon with the fact that he was a very flawed figure and that you can be a great hero with also deep flaws. Um, And I don't think we got any of that.
1: I agree. I think that would have been interesting. I do think... um... I think John Favreau's character does mention that at one point, that, like, he had issues. But that's kind of all they get is just that kind of that one line. Um, I would have loved for them to reckon with, like, the ridiculous amount of power that he had. Yeah. And that um, he just gave it to this kid. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal's character mentions that. And I, I do think, like, like you said, like all the stuff that they mentioned that they played for laughs, um, I think is a little bit more interesting that kind of would have been fun to explore. But I would almost want to do that later like i i think we're it's too close to end, like if this movie came out next year right i think that would work but i think coming out this close to end game it's just i just think it's like this this is probably what we're gonna get like is it it's dessert
2: right um yeah i just think you know that's me asking for a different movie to have been made altogether mm-hmm. yeah um but it's just something that i would have uh, ideas i would have liked to have explored um but otherwise i had a lot of fun during this movie Um, Linda, can we talk about your reaction finding out that Jake
0: Gyllenhaal was the villain in this movie. Well I didn't see it coming. (laughs) Which in hindsight I don't know how I missed it. I remember there was a point where you know you think it's all wrapped up and I was like this was a great movie. (laughs) This is a great
1: 30 minute movie.
0: Yeah. I was like I like a short movie. I think my body unclenched and then the rest of the time I had to go to the bathroom because I think I thought it was over for real and then it like switches and I was like oh Linda you stupid idiot. of course it wasn't over.
2: <laughs> when we left the theater, Linda Ash was like, "Did you know that he was going to be the villain?" I was like, "Yeah." But to be fair, like I it was spoiled for me going into the movie. Like I knew Mysterio the character was a villain in Spider-Man, like comics and stuff. So, I I was going into the movie expecting the worst from that character. Um yeah. however, I can say that I was fully surprised at the way he turned out to be a villain. I bought the fact that he was, like, from another planet, especially mm. after seeing Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's like, okay, yeah. this is something we're all, we are all accept as part of Spider-Man, like, lore. And I kept waiting for, like, I, I thought the elementals were real. I kept waiting for it to be something like he was in charge of the elementals. Like, he was bringing them to life on earth and which technically he was, but in a, in a, a more real, real way is what I thought was happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so when, when Jake Gyllenhaal goes to like full wacko goof, like zany mode and is ripping off the costume and is like rallying the troops. I was giddy. I was giddy at him, like getting to be as zany as he is and revealing the master plan.
1: Totally. I think he did a great job at the beginning of being serious and like, like really connecting with Peter Parker. And I really liked that. And all I knew going in was that Mysterio is a villain. Uh, That's really all I knew. So I didn't know about his powers. I didn't know anything. So I assumed most of the things were true. I just like you thought he would end up being a bad guy. Um, And he's super cheesy, like all of his lines, you know, in the first part of the movie are kind of cheesy superhero lines. And I was like, this is kind of weird like i don't i don't really get it um and then the fact that he the fact that he kept requesting spider-man to be there like spider-man is useless against the elementals like like there was absolutely nothing that he was doing so all of these fights that is like spider-man you gotta show up and spider-man's like i don't want to i want to hang out with my friends i'm like let him go he can't do anything anyway (laughs) um so it it made a lot more sense as it came went along
2: i always hate in these movies when it's something that's like this threat is, like, affecting the entire Earth. And Spider-Man's like, what about Doctor Strange or all these others? is he's, like, unavailable. And it's like, that's not a good enough excuse for this <laughs> film. I'm sorry, but, like, if something's about to destroy the entire planet, Doctor Strange doesn't get to just be unavailable. Um, and that's all you get to say about it. Um, yeah. I feel like in other movies they've done a better job at, you know, making there be constraints on time and ways of connection so that they couldn't get in touch with other superheroes. Um, So like the Thor movies, you know, Thor is dealing with an otherworldly threat and it's like, he has to stop it in the moment. He doesn't have time to gather any troops or anything. And in the Iron Man movies, they're usually more like localized, like nationwide threats Mm -hmm. that um, he can stop on his own. But if something's like affecting the entire planet, you need more than spider-man just that's just
1: yeah the way it totally. goes totally I think that's why one of the why all of this works better in hindsight than in the moment. Yeah. Um. Because you know, like, oh, his plan is he wants Edith. Like, that's the only reason he wants Spider Man is so he can gain his trust and get Edith. Right. Um. And the fact that Nick Fury isn't Nick Fury. Like, Nick Fury wouldn't make those decisions. And like, at the end, when he's like, "Yeah, Nick Fury, sorry, we screwed up." <laughs> like, right. It all it makes more sense. But in the moment, you're like, "Why is everybody doing this? Like, why sure. why why is this the way it's happening?" Um. Real quick, I said that you did stay for the credits, right? We did, yes. yes. Okay, good. Yes. Okay, because um, crazy stuff. We got to talk about that. Yeah, let's but talk later. about
2: the let's talk about the credits now. Um, oh, okay. If that's okay with y'all. I'm fine. Yeah. So let's talk about. Let, I want to talk about the Nick Fury credits first. Um, okay. Because I feel like those relate to like what happened during the film. Um, yes. Yeah. So the whole time they were like the Cree guys from. Um, scroll. Scroll guys from
0: Captain Marvel. Talk about crushes. <laughs> Linda. I'm so deeply attracted to him as that scroll green. Ben
1: Mendelsohn. Character. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no.
2: Scroll. <laughs> she. She's not attracted to Ben Mendelsohn. She's no. attracted oh, to him. just as a scroll. Yeah. I don't know what does it for me but it's doing it
1: <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> yeah when we left the theater i google image searched ben mendelson to show him like show linda all the attractive mm. like silver fox photos right I'm not interested i don't know interesting like,
0: green skin the pointed ears the confidence within all of that i don't know it's a
1: type yeah it's a type it's
0: a type and it's mine um <laughs> i i think i mean it is
2: a Uh, kind of a cheap i think way to say like oh these characters weren't making any sense or like being themselves (laughs) yes they weren't themselves it's like okay whatever um what does it seem to be setting up that nick fury is not on this planet and he's planning something bigger with the scroll people
1: yeah so um so there's uh, okay so there's shield which is earthbound um You know, shield, shield is shield. (laughs) Um, And then there's sword, which is the space version of shield basically. And it seems like that's what that is, is he's on a ship. He's this is post end game um, full of scrolls. So I'm sure in Captain, uh, Captain Marvel two at some point or something, we'll figure out, you know, what's been going on this whole time with the scrolls. Um, But it looks like uh, they're mounting a space offensive, and I think that is an interesting way of separating your powerful heroes from your neighborhood heroes. Mm-hmm. So you can have Earth heroes like Doctor Strange and Spider Man without having to call in everybody every time. Yeah. Because you've are, you've got Thor in the Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got Captain Marvel. Like everybody else can be out in space doing stuff with no way to contact. Right. In the future.
2: Um, I just I just made, I just realized that Ben Mendelsohn's character as a scroll is. Like, 20 years older than when we saw him in Captain Marvel. Yes. Oh, still hot. Aged well. (laughs) He aged well. Aged well. Fine (laughs) wine. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the other credit sequence, where Peter Parker and MJ have their swing through the city... Um,
1: Which I think is hilarious. I thought it was because so that is exactly how it would go. Yeah,
2: it was. so You do funny. that, and you're
1: like, no, and never again. That is a again, terrible idea. It's
2: exactly like how this version of Spider Man is kind of subverting the Spider Man tropes yeah. and playing into mm-hmm. like something that feels more unique and real. Uh, where like this MJ would not be swoony over like swinging through the city. This MJ no. is not into it. <laughs> no, because that's dangerous.
0: In like, especially ugh. if you've never done it before, be so yeah. yeah. And if
1: you're not in control, like that can't be fun. Right. Like just you're getting jerked all over the place. Not good.
0: Yeah.
2: So great bit. And then at the end, we see um a a big thing in Times Square where Jay Jonah Jameson from the Daily Bugle um uh, ha- gets receives a video message from the grave from Quentin Beck that. Frames Peter Parker as the villain in all of this, and outs Peter Parker as Spider Man. Yes,
1: which I think is hilarious that they put that in the end credits. Um, <laughs> I do love that aspect of it of Jake Gyllenhaal winning basically, um, and
2: my question blaming is blaming
1: Spider Man for this. Who, like, I think that's great.
2: Who? edited that video and sent it in
1: oh he did he did it while spider-man was doing the uh i guess it's not true no no, no, no. he died i don't know he,
2: yeah, he probably died. had one friend well he had <laughs> friends i'm just saying like who cared enough about spider-man and, and um making them look bad that he would go well, through that effort
1: so he had already recorded the spider-man oh no the drones section like, cause th- there's a point where he's like, he's like, leave the drones. It's fine. And, and the guy goes, I wonder how you're going to spin this. And he's like, I've got a plan. Yeah. And so at that point I think is when he records the, you know, Oh, Spider-Man's taking over. He's attacking. Right. Man. And then someone was able to edit that with the, you know,
2: Someone audio. had to edit a in hole. Peter saying, execute them all. Which yeah. I yeah. did know in the movie when she was like, would you like to cancel that? Would you like to execute that order or whatever? It right, was like phrased yeah. very strangely. And then... there's
1: so many things in this movie that are just phrased strangely said, that you're just like. When what? he said
2: execute them all, I was like, wait a minute, is she gonna like? I thought she was gonna misinterpret that and start killing people. Right. But right. then she didn't, Same. and it said it was you know to make him look bad. Um, yeah. How do we feel about Peter Parker not being a secret anymore?
1: I don't like that. I don't. Yeah,
2: me either. I don't
1: love that. I'm interested to see where it goes, but he was, again, he was the only one with a secret identity, and I think that's very interesting. Um,
2: Especially when he's a high school kid with, like, friends that know who Spider Man is and have feelings about Spider Man. Uh, Right. I wish we could have, like, I wish that could have been a plot point in the next movie, and not like this after credits thing, where the next movie we deal with the ramifications.
1: Well, I think we probably will deal with the ramifications no, in the next movie. I
2: know what I'm saying is, I wish it would have been a plot point in that next movie where it happens in oh, the middle, where it happens, and in the next you see him go through like the emotional response immediately after. You get to see people's reactions. Versus this next movie is probably going to pick up, you know, it's probably not going to pick up in that moment.
0: Well, and we don't get as much of like MJ knows but not everyone else knows. Right, those sexy little flirty yeah. moments. Plus That's he spends true. the entire movie like don't let anyone know that I'm Spider-Man for yeah. the very end to be like, "Ha ha." Right, and they all know.
2: Um And then the final thing I think we need to talk about this scene is the fact that um oh, what's his name?
1: JK Simmons. JK
2: Simmons is reprising his role as J. Jonah Jameson.
1: Which is awesome. I think he's perfect in that role. That's like his one of his best roles. Um, and I love that he's doing it as like an Alex Jones podcast guy now.
0: Yeah. So, Linda, are, did you see the Tobey Maguire movies? Oh. Oh, yes. I'm reaching back to when I was literally in high school. Uh, right. So... The, Who
1: made you want to be a newspaper editor,
2: right? so The yes. editor of the newspaper, the actor that played him in those movies, is playing the same character in
0: these movies. Okay, I modeled my newspaper editing after
2: him, actually, so. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's he's playing the same character, and yet it's obviously, like, a different version of that character. You know, it's not, like, an extension of the character he played. Oh, that's funny. Do we think, right? I think
1: so, yeah, because he's not a newspaper editor. He's, right. Alex Jones. He seems so. to be like an Alex
2: Jones figure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, what I'm curious about, though, is if, if that's all he is or if there are going to be some more, like, nods to, like, I used to be a newspaper editor or, like, mm. and whether he's officially signed on for another movie I don't think is clear yet. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I like, I love him as an actor, so I'm not mad at it, but it does raise, you know, lots of questions.
1: I think they're wanting to keep those very separate. Right. <laughs> um, so I highly doubt that they'll reference it at all, but I think it's very fun.
2: Totally. Um, one thing I definitely want to make sure that we talked about is how great all the little moments between MJ and Peter were in this movie. Um, I think those two actors have such great chemistry, and I love that um, they really show what it's like to like have a crush on someone in high school. The way like hands would brush, and how like you how, especially how like a boy in high school comes up with these grand schemes and plans that almost always involve a necklace. Like teenage <laughs> boys think like the best thing that they could give a girl is
0: a necklace. It's uh, true. There are necklace. no other options. Right. My high school boyfriend, yeah. You got a necklace? Yeah. Who
1: didn't get a necklace? Well, let's not talk about I gave that. like eight necklaces, <laughs> so.
2: Let's not accuse anyone of not getting <laughs> necklaces. You're not worthless <laughs> if you didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I, that just felt so real. And I also loved the love triangle that was set up with... Um, the new character brad davis played by remy cutie cutie fun fact the actor that played him um was in crazy rich asians and he is actually like 30 years old (laughs)
0: hey
1: but Um, i i do think it's very interesting because like he's supposed to be a kid that grew up in that five-year uh blip right while at where all everyone was gone, so everybody knows him as like a child, and now he's like their age, which is really and like weird. big and
0: buff. I have a lot of yes. questions about the blip. I wrote here blip. Explain. Okay, <laughs> who age?
1: That's not a okay. lot of questions. So, That's one question.
0: All right. So
2: you know how in the in Infinity War, yes. all those people got disappeared. Yes. So a lot of teenagers or ch- kids right. got disappeared, and then when they were got brought back, they were the same age as when they disappeared. Right? But everyone else... It was hated. as if no but time had passed had for them at all. still moved on. So all their classmates had aged five years. So if you were a freshman in high school and you get blipped out, then all of your classmates that stayed on Earth were now freshmen in college. So when you came back, though... So when they came back, they're like, okay... We know that you did not age these five years, so you're going to stay in your freshman year of high school. We're not going to skip you ahead to college, essentially. So there's a certain group of people in the world that were like... It's in like a new category, I guess, of human being, that their birth date is not going to align with their actual age. Does that right. make it's sense? It's as
1: if you were on ice for five years.
0: I, I Okay, here's what's confusing me. Yeah. Because... On the planes and dies like he blipped. He's right. not actually drinking age. Yeah. But what does that mean? So it means. That means his he, birth date. He showed the, the waitress
2: his ID because his ID would make him seem like he's 21. Okay. But he didn't actually, but he's not actually 21 because he got blipped.
0: So he doesn't, he wouldn't look older. No. But, or even act older, right? But his birth because he hasn't.
1: Older. There's five years oh, okay. that he has not okay. lived, right. That have passed. It's like
0: I understand it, but that confused me because I was thinking it would be the other way around. Like, yeah. Um, the thing that I think you
2: need to know, Linda, is that when um, Endgame happened and it was revealed that like all these people came back, you know, um, I was very confused. I was like, okay, like are all of his friends? Like who? stayed and who left who got blipped and who didn't and marvel basically said that 50 percent of the planet got blipped but a hundred percent of peter parker's friends got (laughs) blipped so like everyone peter parker knows essentially okay got blipped with him so that when they came back for the sequel they're all still in the same school together okay yeah
0: okay so he had okay, classmates okay, that see,
2: continued to age, but none that we know or care about.
0: Well, he ran out of luck <laughs> yeah. by
2: the end of the movie. He yeah. <laughs> so, um, so all those characters that we saw in this movie got blipped at the same time. Got it. Okay, yeah. thank you. And they're still in high school. They're 16 years old. Um, I do think that the way that they chose to introduce this concept and pick up from like the dark... Somber nature of yes. Endgame with that morning announcement video was a perfect yes. way to do it. I was catching oh, yeah. through that. It was it was great, funny, especially
1: with the band disappearing and coming back like the, that. It's the comic so funny.
0: Sans, uh, yeah. The what the watermarked image at the end, the Getty image. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> Getty image made <image. laughs> me laugh really hard.
1: Oh man, <laughs> yeah. But again, like it, it plays perfectly into high school. Like that is exactly what high schoolers would do. Right. Like it's. It's exactly. This is a teen movie. It's awesome.
2: Totally. How did we feel about um, Ned and Ned's new and like Betty, Betty girlfriend? I loved that. I so
1: loved much. it. I absolutely loved it. It's just completely like, ah, it's undercutting all the expectations you have kind of going into it. Um, their relationship is hilarious and dumb, and then over at the end, and they're okay. Like it's 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 perfect. So, I loved like,
2: it reminiscent of like study abroad or like camp boyfriend and girlfriend. Exactly. That, like, exactly. It's like,
1: you know, it's ending
0: moment, but then they only yeah. last.
1: Yeah. Like a week or whatever, however long this movie lasts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they got it all out. So funny. Yeah. I also have always wanted to fall in love on an airplane. So I get it. Oh yeah. That's a great, <laughs> huge crush. fantasy. Totally. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Any other final Spider-Man thoughts before we sign off?
0: The only thing I have is that I really think Tony could have truly left more instructions yeah. I mean, yeah. you have a lot of stuff you didn't have a plan for it, but whatever. I was just to
1: say I and- did think they they should have wrapped up like the Edith stuff cuz that is very like powerful stuff that i thought we'd get an ending to because he says this like um oh he didn't leave it for me he left it for some for me to give to somebody else that's when he gives it to quentin beck and i thought that eventually we were going to figure out that oh this is who he was supposed to give it to or he would give it to somebody but no it's just never addressed again once he gets and it back he so. just
0: has control of it again
2: yeah
1: so
0: um and then i also wrote spider-man is smart but clumsy but agile but nervous hot <laughs> but i think he I is all of those things at once and that's why he's a fantastic character and fun to watch.
1: Absolutely. That's what makes him ideal and I think that's what makes Spider-Man just in general like um, relatable to people because everyone else is perfect. Yeah. Like com- coming back to Thor uh, <laughs> he's, he's just perfect. Like like there's absolutely nothing relatable about him in any way shape or form which is why you love him. But with Spider-Man like there's this hint that like oh maybe I could be a superhero. Like I, I might be like that if I were a superhero. Yeah
0: or you can see elements of yourself exactly and that's
1: exactly I see like two of me in Thor, so.
0: I won't answer that question because not appropriate. <laughs> so again, that's talk for Crush City. City. If you want if you want to
2: like leave the more prude nature of feeling it and go to the more racy nature of Crush City, we'll welcome
0: you with open arms. Uh, I'll also welcome Thor with open arms if you're listening. <laughs> On
2: that note, let's sign off and tell people where they can find you. Lucas, where can people find you?
1: You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Linda J. Bailey. And you can find me at Sandra Almstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find our Twitter, uh, our podcast Twitter at Feeling It Pod. And one more time, I'll just say, you can find um, Linda's and I podcast Crush City. It's called Crush City on your podcast app. And our Twitter account is Crush City Pod. So go follow us there and... Tell
1: us about your crushes. We want to hear about we them. Want them. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks you for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see
0: you soon. Okay.
2: That's it. Go home. Yeah.
0: Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.